Hello and welcome to Allegedly Astrology. Each week we break down the astrology that happened during some of the biggest scandals and events in history. Thanks for listening. And if you guys want to support us even more, you can subscribe to our Patreon. For $5 a month, you get at least two extra episodes. You could also leave us a five-star review and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you listed on. And if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and DM us a screenshot of that review, we'll make you a custom meme of your big three and send you a quick write-up about it. We also have cool Allegedly Astrology stuff on TeePublic, so go there to check it out. And make sure to follow us on social media. We're Allegedly Astrology on Instagram, Reddit, and TikTok, and Allegedly Astro on Twitter. And you can visit our website, allegedlyastrology.com, to learn more about us and the show, or book a reading with me, Dana, and check out charts and transcripts for select episodes. So, Dana, what are we talking about today? They were talking about Hollywood's double strike. And this was a request from Sophia and Danielle. And if you want to be like them, slide into our DMs or email us and we might cover the topic. Woo! Yes, thank you, Sophia and Danielle. So, here we go. This is the strike that's been happening in Hollywood that you've undoubtedly heard all about. It involves both writers and actors and marks the first time in 63 years that both are striking at the same time. And it centers around needing to renegotiate contracts due to the changing entertainment environment and technological advances. The strike is expected to stop the majority of TV and film production in Hollywood, making it the largest interruption to American television and film production since COVID. It's not only going to bring a significant moment in cultural history, but also heavy economic losses. So let's check out the astrology. Okay, so a little background on what is happening. So this strike involves the Writers Guild of America, which is a union for people that write scripted series, features, news programs, and other content, and it represents more than 20,000 writers in Hollywood. So this union negotiates with the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, which is the trade association that reps film and television studios. So... This is the people who write a lot of the content negotiating with the people that produce it and like make it happen, like all the people that have the money. So every three years they negotiate a contract and the contract currently in place was negotiated in 2020 and it was effective until May 1st, 2023. And the Writers Guild of America contract ensures that writers make at least a minimum amount and aren't screwed by studios. The thought is, since they're creating the very popular film and TV shows that make the studios a ton of money, the writers should be able to make a living wage. What a novel concept. <laughs> so the agreement they decide on creates writer salaries, benefits, pensions, working conditions, residual payments, and creative rights. So if this contract didn't exist, each writer would have to figure all of this out on their own which would suck because they would honestly probably get screwed over for like one person versus studio. (laughs) Exactly. And for the 2023 negotiations, the Writers Guild of America had a couple of points, but the main ones that they wanted increased compensation because inflation, duh. Because with inflation, screen pay has declined 14% in the last five years. And the other big area of contention is residuals and basic worker protections with streaming. And residuals are long-term payments you get if you worked on a show. So when the show airs again, you get paid for it after its initial release. And this was a much bigger 
deal during like the broadcast TV days, but now basically everything is streaming. Yes. And streaming companies do give actors residuals, but it's a lot less than when it was on broadcast. So, you know, think about Spotify giving artists less money than you would get for radio rights. You know, it's it's the world of streaming has impacted so many industries. But, you know, for example, if you were a writer on Stranger Things, which brought in a ton of money and still does for Netflix, you don't share it all in the profit, even though you're a main reason that Netflix is making money, which is crazy. It's insane. Yeah, no, they're it's just, angry right now. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So the Writers Guild also has other issues with streaming, which deal with like, Crazy timelines, like understaffed shows. Some comedy shows for streaming networks ignore these basic writer protections that the Writers Guild negotiates. Like they just basically ignore them. And they want to make sure that like AI writing tools like chat GPT be used as a tool for writing research and not something that could replace their jobs, which also makes a lot of sense. And these points that we just talked about in total were approved by 98.4% of all the Writers Guild members. So people are like, we're down with all of this. Like, this we are. What does the 1.6 think they know? They were probably like bit by a squirrel or something and they yeah. couldn't vote. <laughs> <laughs> so and after six weeks of negotiations, the WGA went on strike because they could not reach an agreement. And the AMPTP, which is like the alliance of like the studios and the motion picture companies, they said they couldn't fulfill the Writers Guild's requests because, and this is horseshit, they said that minimum staffing quotas are antithetical to the creative process, meaning like they're saying like, we don't want to guarantee that there'll be five writers per show because that's not fair to the creative process which like computers to write their scripts they don't care about the creative process i know it's very (laughs) true and they also said that the wage increase that the writers were asking for is the highest first year increase oh they're saying that what they are offering the writers right now in terms of wages is like the highest first year increase ever so like you should stop like bitching about it and when it comes to AI, they said, like, we'll consider talking more about it moving forward. So that does not sound promising. But also, like, I'm a copywriter. I don't use AI tools that much. But I mean, I feel like you still need someone to oversee chat GPT. Like, I think you still need someone to edit it. Something like, I not- heard, though, is that people are worried that it would just be like one person then doing you know, all this work instead of like a team or I don't know if that makes Yeah, sense. I actually listened to a really good podcast about it on The Daily, the New York Times' podcast. And what I didn't necessarily realize is that like because, you know, AI is c- continuously like scouring the Internet and like scraping your data, like there's been so much content out there. Like so, for example, someone like Sarah Silverman she spent like decades and decades like honing her creative voice and doing all these things that make her comedic style and her writing style very, very unique. And when she asked ChatGPT to like write something in the style of Sarah Silverman, it could almost do it in an uncanny way. And so that's the difference is that 
they definitely need to be edited for sure. But like what I think the studios think is that like, oh, there's we can ask ChatGPT to write in this style, write a TV show based on this style, write a TV show based on this, if as if this person wrote it. And then all you have to do is have like some editors and prompt engineers kind of like zhuzh it up and it's ready to go. So I think that's where the actors and writers are like particularly worried about it. And even, you know, journalists too have, it's, it's definitely a debate and we're just on the like cusp of the AI conversation. And I'm sure we'll talk a lot about it more, but yeah. What was going on when the strike went down? <laughs> that was, it started on May 2nd, 2023 at 12.01 a.m. in Los Angeles, California. And this chart has a sun in Taurus, moon in Libra, Capricorn rising. Hell yeah, baby. Let's make things just. This big three is all about business, value, self-worth and justice with the sun in Taurus. It's also Mercury retrograde Kazemi in the fifth house. So it's going back. It's like talking about the creative process. Um, oh, yeah. Creative. This is yeah, this is very much like I remember that. I love that movie title Women Talking. I feel like that's very much this retrograde. <laughs> Or Mercury retrograde Kazemi. And it's co-present with Mercury retrograde, the North Node Uranus. And so this is about surprise. It's about moving forward. It's about reviewing the fine print. It's about innovation, reviewing values and like valuation as well. And the moon's in Libra. So this is all about fairness. It, and the moon in mundane charts represents like the populace, like the people. So this is them banding together. The people are focused on fairness and justice and they're organizing and the moon is trying Pluto and Aquarius. So this is about changing things, but it's also about power struggles because it could give the people the upper hand. It can give Pluto the upper or it can give like the power for people the upper hand. Pluto and Aquarius are both about like it's going to be like dystopian before it's not. And we're already used to that. So no one's surprised by that before like things get, you know, worked out. But there's a Capricorn rising. So this is about business. It's about structure systems, the old guard and hierarchies. And like there needs to be security and upward mobility and organization. And that's what they want. They're not like looking for like glory as much as they're looking for like workable conditions. This chart also has Cancer, Mars in the seventh house. So this is where like they're in a struggle session. They're, maybe they're not being taken seriously. Maybe they have to, you know, go fight. They're the underdog. They can expect to be provoked by their opponents. Like Cardi B has Mars in Cancer and she just had that whole situation where someone threw water at her and then she threw their microphone at her and everyone's like, fuck you. And it's like, well, someone threw water at her. <laughs> so I, yeah, I stand with Cardi, I guess. And it's also, so my, my dramatic interpretation of this chart is that this is what happens if like the factory farm takes all the cow milk and the calves are malnourished and they're like, we need milk. Oh, wow. Damn. Okay. That was, by that milk, we need money. We mean money when we mean milk. Give us that milk. <laughs> you know what? Capricorn risings can do anything said from a Capricorn <laughs> rising. But anyway, the strike means that the writers that are part of the Writers Guild have to stop working, which means they are not getting paid until the union votes to end the strike. However, writers who work in broadcast, TV, radio, streaming news, online media, nonfiction podcast, nonfiction TV, um, public TV will be able to continue working. So no writers means a lot of production stop, which means everyone that works on set and in the entertainment business from caterers to directors to background actors are also affected. Yes. And this has a huge impact on the economy. The last writer strike was in 2007. It lasted for about 100 days and it cost $2.1 to California's economy. Which is crazy. But it's not just the writers that are striking. It's time to talk about the actors. 
And the actors are represented by the Screen Actors Guild American Federation of Television and Radio Artists. It's called, their little acronym is like SAG-AFTRA, but we're just going to call them SAG. And that is a labor union that represents about 160,000 screen actors in Hollywood. And they were also negotiating a contract with kind of like the the union that works with the motion picture houses and like the studios. Yes. And the actors had some similar demands to the writers. They wanted an increased salary minimum. They want increased residuals for streaming. They want payment and contact. They want payment for their likeness to be used in AI training models, which is already being done without their consent. And there were also some other requests, like creating rules around self-tape auditions, etc. So SAG's contract was initially up on July 1st, but discussions were extended through July 12th because SAG was like, we will be friendly, we will extend negotiations, but no agreement was made, so SAG voted to strike. So what was going on when they went on strike? This was July 14th, 2023 at 12.01 a.m. in Los Angeles, California, and the sun is in Cancer, the moon's in Gemini. And the chart is an Aries rising. So the Cancer Sun, this is about nurturance and support. I feel like it also highlights the struggle of the Cancer Mars from the chart of the Writers Guild. It's sort of like so coming to support that in a way, if that makes sense. It's like, yeah, because yeah, the thickest thieves. Yeah, yeah. I love Cancer, that. Thickest thieves. <laughs> yeah. And the moons in Gemini so is about ideas and friendship and walking and sort of being like, and walking neurotic it is about because your gemini has to walk in order your, your ideas flow better if you walk if you're a gemini if you're doing two things at once and also like banding together it's you know two people it's like siblings a group but the moon's also in the dark moon phase and it rules the cancer sun which is interesting so things maybe feel more uncertain or more disjointed but also sort of necessary i, I feel like if something is happening during a dark moon phase like it's it's a long time coming and this chart is an Aries rising. So there's drama. There's birthing something new. It's also conjunct Chiron. So it's like we're wounded here. And like, you know what I mean? It's like a baby. Okay. So I guess I'm really into babies this episode. But it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's like it just needs to be like fed and like nurtured. And chart ruler is also Mars and Virgo in the sixth house opposite Saturn and Pisces in the 12th house. This to me represents that they might have their hands tied, but they also I don't know if they stand to lose less money or and I only say that because the planets are in their respective joys. But the sixth house is about work that you're subjected to. The twelfth house is about like people, like enemies that you don't know you have. So it's sort of like they don't maybe feel like they don't know what they're up against, but they have to do it. If that makes sense. Hopefully, with the planets in their respective joys, the sort of like Mars being able to buckle down in the sixth house and Saturn sort of like isolating twelfth house things is really on their side. Uh, it's also eight days before Venus stationed retrograde in Leo, so Venus is slow. And Leo's a sign of the star. So that plus like Aries rising, it's very much about like stardom drama, but also it's like dire. It's like, <laughs> we need to be seated. Like this needs to be addressed. I have a client right now. They like won a ton of celebrities in all their ads. And we were like talking about like, maybe the, the actors might go on strike. And honestly, right when I got like an email saying like, SAG is on strike and it doesn't like affect ads, but I feel like people are like, celebrities will be like frowned upon i think if they're in ads like yeah. you know they want to show like solidarity but when i realized like just thinking about it like venus is in leo like it's like obviously this is gonna happen and obviously it being like retrograde well it's about to be retrograde it's gonna go over all of those degrees again yeah. so 
But anyway, Fran Drescher, aka the nanny, is SAG president, which I don't know why this surprised me so much, but I was like, Fran. I too was surprised. Uh, yeah, surprised. But she is the SAG president. She is pissed. And she said SAG wanted to avoid a strike and even gave, you know, the studios 12 extra days to negotiate, but they kind of just like dicked around and then didn't do anything. So that like really made her mad. Um, if you want to learn more about Fran and her bi-wheel with SAG, we're going to be talking about that on the Patreon. So join us there. I'm really excited to learn more about Fran Drescher. I feel like I forgot about her. And then when I've seen her in all these SAG clips, I'm like, damn, I wonder what's up with Fran. I know. I learned she did not only star in The Nanny, but she also co-created and executive produced it. So that was before every actor was an executive producer. You guys, that's a big deal. I just think of her laugh. It's like, hey, (laughs) it's like Janice from Friends. Yeah, at least on the nanny. That's how she left. Yes. And this is the first time that both the WGA and SAG have been on strike against the studios at the same time since 1960 so it's been a while this is definitely a a historical event that we're witnessing it's also interesting that they continue to like negotiate on the same timeline because it's like why don't you try and avoid this like have (laughs) you know like this has happened before so in 1960 the writers guild began striking against you know the alliance of television film producers because they wanted to be paid more And writers wanted studios to pay into their health and pension funds, as well as increased wages and residuals related to their work being shown on television or television reruns, which again, like this is like similar, but different, you know, like they're still asking for the same stuff. So what was going on when the strike started? So this was January 16th, 1960 in Los Angeles, California, and the sun was in Capricorn and the moon was in Leo and Virgo. So the sun in Capricorn, of course it was, right? It's also the rising of the Writers Guild strike of 2023. So that makes sense. This is the Sun and Capricorns about getting down to business and <laughs> reminding me of a cheer from when I was a little kid, which is let's get down to business. Our business is success. That's very Capricorn. It's also co-president with its ruler, Saturn and domicile. So this is about organizing and highlighting the hierarchy. Mercury, the planet of connection and communication and Mars, the planet of action and pursuit. So this is the sun. It's a spotlight. It's highlighting all of these things. So the moon's in Leo, which is the sign of the star, the celebrity. So we're highlighting celebrities. And it's also after a full moon and the sun is. So so this is like a phase. Actually, this is interesting. This is the opposite of Chet Hayes' chart. But yeah, so the sun in Capricorn and the moon in Leo. This is very much about like working towards power and like banding together because like you need to be sort of recognized in like a. It's two signs that want power. The moon in Virgo, though, is about connection, organization, manifesting ideas, reason and logic. Also, Venus stationed direct in Leo 116 days earlier. So although Venus is not slow, it's it's still in a year where Venus was retrograde in Leo like it is now. So that's very interesting and very fitting with what we frequently talk about, which are that these like certain themes come up again and again. It doesn't necessarily even have to be within the retrograde time, right? Like while the planet is retrograde or even in the shadow phase. But sometimes it's just like the year is enough, um, which I think is interesting. Also, just like now, the eclipses, well, this year the eclipses were in Libra, Aries, Virgo, and Pisces, and the writer's strike began during, the current writer's strike began during eclipse season after a solar eclipse in Aries, and the benefics in this chart are conjunct in Sagittarius, so the greater benefic Jupiter is in domicile in Sag, so this bodes well for sort of 
banding together and like receiving the goodwill and gifts, you know, abundance. And the malefics are conjuncting Capricorn where they're both dignified. So this is about extreme circumstances, but the ability to withstand pressure and stand your ground and sort of like a willingness to negotiate, but also to sort of like make it fair. So a few months later, SAG decided to strike because they were fighting over residuals from films sold to TV networks, resulting in the industry's first double strike ever. So what was going on when SAG striked in 1960? This was March 7th, 1960 in Los Angeles, and the sun was in Pisces and the moon was in Cancer. So cool. The sun in Pisces is about having sort of spiritual purposes, like a higher purpose. Also, like it's Pisces has been abused in some capacity it's like we're closing the cycle it's also about like a psychic experience and the collect like banding together it's a religious experience maybe for some of these people to sort of join forces and so mercury stationed retrograde six days earlier and this really highlights i think the sort psychic torment and like vague nature of abuse that the actors endured the psychic torture like they for sure did it's also six days before a lunar eclipse in Virgo. So that's pretty interesting. This is about purification, highlighting corruption and like the pursuit sort of of purification and innocence in a way. And also negotiating like Virgo is like, we need to talk about this because it's really fucked up. Jupiter is also at zero degrees Capricorn. So this is building to a great, great conjunction in Capricorn. So it's uh, leads to a major cycle. This whole thing is what that means because the great conjunction is like really how we mark eras in astrology. And it's also interesting because this is the penultimate great conjunction in an earth sign. And that means it's about money and power and acquiring earthly possessions and also sort of understanding that life is finite. Whoa. <laughs> There's also a, the greater benefics are con- is conjunct the greater malefic. So that's a major cycle. Again, it's a great conjunction. But also interesting is that the greater... Nephic is in fall and the malefic Saturn is in domicile. So Jupiter's in fall in Capricorn, Saturn's in domicile. So the underdog has to really fight and it will probably still be cheated, but they're going to do their best. Or they're just like, like maybe, you know, they're not really not getting the credit that's due. They maybe also don't have all the information because Jupiter's a lot about knowledge. And Venus and Mars are conjunct in Aquarius. So that's the lesser benefic conjunct the lesser malefic. And it's also in a Saturn ruled sign. So it's really about hard work. Venus's art, fairness, and money. Mars's pursuit, action, and war. And in Aquarius, it's about like a community of people banding together and conformity in some to like some cause or bottom line. So even if these people don't all agree or they have very diff- like a lot of differences, they're like, Here, well, here's what we were agreeing on, and we're going to work towards it together. Something hilarious to note about this situation is that Ronald Reagan, <laughs> who would become president of the United States was SAG president and led the negotiations. So the strike halted production on eight feature films, but it ended when SAG agreed to a new residual amount and got a pension and health plan. So it did work out well for them. So what happened when their strike ended? So this was April 18th, 1960 in Los Angeles. The sun was in Aries. The moon was in Aquarius and Capricorn. So the sun in Aries, this is beginning anew. It's also co-present with Mercury, the planet of connection, writing, and thus contracts and communication. And Venus, which is in detriment. So maybe they're not fighting a fair fight. Like, I mean, you know, maybe they're not getting, maybe the studios aren't fighting a fair fight. Or like they could feel cheated. Or optimistically, I think maybe they feel they had to fight, but they still got what they wanted. They stuck to their guns. It wasn't that long. That was like, what, six weeks? Yeah, it's pretty short. I mean. It's pretty short. Uh, yeah, definitely wasn't the internet age. Couldn't couldn't get those takes off in memes. <laughs> <laughs> the moon in Aquarius means that it's people banding together. It's talking. It's fodder. 
The moon in Aquarius is about hard work and like pointedness towards one goal. Um, Jupiter stationed retrograde one day after. So that's about, you know, abundance, goodwill. And Uranus stationed direct five days later. So that's surprising, maybe. Also, this chart is Jupiter trying Pluto. So this could be a positive change or it could be a covert victory for the establishment. But I guess if they concede, it's not a victory. So I just think it's sort of like the power working together with the people to sort of make, you know, something work for everyone or... But the writers were not that lucky during this time. They kept on trucking along until the Writers Guild agreed to a really big deal that gave them a pension fund, insurance plan, and new residuals. They were happy, so the strike ended after 148 days, which is about, you know, three times as long as the the SAG strike. So what was going on when that strike finally ended? That was June 12, 1960 in Los Angeles. The sun was in Gemini. The moon was in Aquarius. So this is a nice air trine, a lot of writing, a lot of communication and community. The sun in Gemini is about ideas, creativity, ingenuity, duality. The moon in Aquarius it was also in Aquarius for the SAG. So that's interesting that the moon is in Aquarius for both charts. It's about, you know, again, people banding together to work towards a common goal. Jupiter had retrograded back into Sagittarius, so that really bodes well for agreement. I wonder if they got the better deal. The sun was conjunct Venus and Gemini, so this bodes well for connectivity and like, you know, feeling feeling like you got one over, you know. It's also good for, you know, cash money and fairness. It's two things coming together. Mercury in Cancer, though, which rules that Venus-Sun conjunction is opposite Saturn and Capricorn. So this is where it gets sticky. It's coming up against power and having to like state your claim. It's also getting further with honey than you do with vinegar and needing to be diplomatic and keep your cool, even when you're provoked. It's also sort of maybe using like humor to get your way. I don't know. I'm now I'm just going to fan <laughs> fan fiction. Venus is also squaring the nose, so it's at the bending of the nose. So this is insinuates like faded changes for art and money. Like no one, everyone feels maybe a little bit out of control. This is like where fate takes over. Ooh, it's so interesting that both charts, the SAG 1960 strike and the WGA 1960 strike ended with the moon in Aquarius. Yeah. Mm. The moon at different times too. Collective. Interesting. Something to keep an eye on. Especially during this time around where so much of it is based around obviously money, but also Aquarius themes like AI and, you know, innovation technology is what I'm trying to say. But the writers and actor strikes of the 1960s also dealt with similar topics of improved benefits and residuals. So Let's check out the bywheel with today's strike. What's what's in similar moments? You so know? we're looking at the chart for July 14th, 2023, 12.01 a.m. with March 7th, 1960, 12 p.m. in Los Angeles for both. So the current Neptune is conjunct the 1960 Mercury South Node conjunction. And this makes so much sense because it's kind of like a confusion. It's like they could never have predicted what they would be up against right now right like oh like i mean at least to my knowledge i don't know that any that they did it's just sort of like having to predict that like people wouldn't even be writing scripts so they'd be written by computers or like that your likeness would be reproduced in that way is interesting mars is also conjunct the 1960 pluto in virgo so this is about making sure you get paid for the work that you do it's also maybe having extremely detailed contracts deceptiveness and neurosis maybe originally with pluto and virgo sort of like i don't know that the original contracts like it just seems like the original conditions were so shitty that like any sort of like improvement was an improvement like they like drove judy garland to 
complete insanity. I don't know. Yeah, they're like smoke cigarettes, yeah. like be don't be fat. Yeah, her diet was like eighty cigarettes a day and like Adderall and Xanax to go to sleep. Like it was just basically like or amphetamines. I don't know what it was then, but like they were like you're really fat. Yeah, <laughs> like a normal sized person. Have you tried not being fat, Judy? <laughs> you're also pretty ugly, so you're gonna be skinny. <laughs> poor Judy. Yeah, poor Judy. It's also forging ahead toward the power that, like, the original people had to fight against. And there's cancer influence in both. So the moon is in cancer in the 1960 chart. The sun was in cancer for the 2023 chart. So I feel like this is, like, nurturing. It's about maternal care. It's sort of, like, taking each other under your wing, right? Like, like I, there are some, I mean, like, Mark Ruffalo, like, wore, like, did you see his clothes? He wore, like, his, it's like, his, he, like, Googled poor people clothes and then bought them and then put them on. He was wearing, like, paint-splattered clothes. He looked absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. But, like, I mean, when Lizzie McGuire, who I love, what's her name? God. Hillary Duff is out there. Like, there are a lot of, it's just sort of like a, the whole spectrum of people are sort of banding together. I think it seems nice that a lot of influential, I mean, of course, I also feel like this is a lot sort of to do with, like, from the bottom up, right? Because the, a lot of the conditions have been sort of talked about as though it's like they're they feel like they're working in a gig economy right so that was already a problem with like uber and doordash and whatever and so now it's sort of like all of these problems that were you know are becoming everyone's problems in a way so it's sort of like if it can happen to someone else it can happen to you i guess well today like dana was saying tons of celebrities like mark ruffalo like hillary duff like meryl streep J-Law, Brendan Fraser, who we covered on episode two of this season. King. Go listen to it if you have <laughs> Writers and actors are coming forward on social media to show support for their unions. Like, if you're not supporting anyone who crosses the picket line, like, people are getting so annoyed with. Scabs. <laughs> but yeah, the effects are, you know, already being seen. Late night shows were one of the first to be writerless. Many shows are now paused or shut down. Actors are not promoting their films. You're not allowed to engage in promotional stuff when you're on strike. And even some content creators, aka influencers, are part of SAG as well. So there's a lot of stuff that, you know, again, we're we're just sort of starting to see the implications of of all of this. But something that will probably be fine, not surprisingly, is streaming. It's probably going to be OK just because all the like if you're streaming a streaming network, you typically have like a ton of shows like banked for a while. So people are saying like they have enough content where like they'll be able to like tide audiences over for a while. But I actually don't know what it means for like, like, you know, isn't Stranger Things supposed to come out soon? Or they're on, they're on, they're on hold. Like they're, they, they paused filming. So it will be delayed. Yes. So there'll be a lot of things. Season end. I know there'll be a lot of delays, but like Sarah said, there's a lot of content banked. And if you're a fan of reality TV, I'm sure there'll be plenty of new shows for you to watch because those writers are actually not allowed to be (laughs) in the Writers Guild, which interestingly enough, I wonder if that will change. But Dana, knowing all of this, do you have any predictions for when the strike will end, either the WGA or SAG, and what the outcome might be, favorable to the unions or favorable to the studios slash streamers? Hmm. Well, okay. I feel like it's always going to be that the big guys win. 
but yeah, there's always going to be a little like anytime that they have to concede a little bit you know it feels like hell for them whereas any sort of little victory is like pushing forward i don't know I, okay so here are my i have some predictions the first is august 17th 2023 and that's because the north node will be conjunct the the jupiter where jupiter was at the writer's strike on may 2nd so jupiter's a planet of goodwill with the north node crossing it could be increased so that could be really that could bode really well i think for at least the writers like i feel like it, the, it boded really well for the writers last time too just it, astrologically which maybe that strengthens mm. um my next prediction is around october 14th in october um because uh october 14th that's a solar eclipse in libra which is the moon sign that, of the original strike date and so the moon in Libra is all about justice and the solar eclipse is like starting all new. It's, oh, yeah. it's also things that you could never predict. So these are outcomes that are like, whoa. And then this fall, we have the eclipse in Taurus or <laughs> we have an October 28th. There is a lunar eclipse in Taurus. It's the last eclipse in Taurus, the Taurus Scorpio series. And that one's conjunct the strike sun and Mercury. So that's about contracts and moving forward with that. And so that could be also really surprising contracts. So it could, I guess that... Mm, that could favor either side. It could also be going back to something since it's conjunct. The original Mercury is retrograde. Otherwise, I think next summer, which I don't, I feel like that's so long and I must be wrong, but that lines up of the original, the original strikes like from the 60s. So that's interesting because next summer we'll start the Virgo eclipses. And so the original strikes in 1960 happened when the eclipses were in Aries, Libra, Virgo, and Pisces, and that will begin next, like next year. So uh, that that would so be crazy. Cool. But at the same time, a lot of my friends that work in the industry have been saying that they're hearing from like their agents and people that to be prepared for a really, really, really long strike. Like they think the studios are going to hold out for literally as long as humanly possible. So they said that they don't think. It would be highly unlikely to come to an agreement in 2023. I was like, whoa. Sorry. <laughs> so they are planning for it to go through. Interesting. Yeah. And then that helps streamers who are bleeding money, you know, to have the things on their books not look so bad in 2023. Not all actors are SAG. So you could just yes. hire a non-union actor. Which is like yeah. most of the big so ones funny. are though. It would be so funny if, if it, just, it just sounds so funny to me if they like start pulling out like the movies that for sure should never be seen. Like everyone's just watching them. You know what I mean? I love that. For for yeah, I definitely want to see it. But it's just for like content to get even more ironically enjoyed would be like wild. Because I feel like we peaked. I thought we would have peaked by now. Well, what remains to be seen, we will be keeping a close eye on it. And in the meantime, remember to sign up for our Patreon for just $5 a month and get that extra chart about Fran Drescher and her bio with SAG. And maybe she'll become president of the United States like former SAG president Ronald Reagan became president of the United States. That would be crazy. And you know what? You'll find out. You'll find out if that's a possibility you sign up for our patreon so with that i'm elise i'm dana and i'm sarah and this is allegedly astrology how funny would it be to go from listening to joe biden talk to listening to fran drescher talk <laughs>